Leadership File on Premier. It's my joy to welcome you to The Leadership File, the show that aims to help you lead as Christ would have you lead wherever he has placed you. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you listen live on a Sunday or one of the many thousands who sign up to the podcast, it's great that you can join us. A reminder that you can buy my book, The Leadership Road Less Travelled at the Premier Store, and indeed attend the course of the book on May 16th at Waverley Abbey House near Farnham, Surrey. Just go to cwr.org.uk or email me at the end of the show uh, details and I can give you more uh, idea of how to get there. How often has the future of a church, a charity or a company been dictated or defined by a failure to handle conflict? We've all known of situations where if only conflict had been dealt with, an individual's ministry would have been saved or poor strategy would have been corrected. If only someone had started the conversation that would have led to resolution. It's said that some level of conflict is inevitable in any organisation, whether it be a church, a charity, a business or a family. Well, this look, week we're looking at how we can handle conflict better. And I welcome back Phil Carter, a trainer and mentor in the workplace and in church groups, who's trained in many countries in the world and says that in his work, this topic is more often requested than any other. So, Phil, welcome back to the Leadership Farm. Uh, nice to be back on, Andy. Thank you. Uh, so where have you done your training? Uh, this particular training, uh, mainly in Europe, uh, Central Europe and in America. OK. Uh, and uh, why is conflict so important, do you think? And why has it been so requested by so many groups? Um, just to uh, one small um correction there is that uh, actually it's the second most popular course i okay do. the first most most popular course is actually self-confidence okay. which you may connect the two together anyway so yeah it's it's people become aware in a work situation their inability to get past roadblocks and often those roadblocks involve other people and they involve having conversations that they don't feel they can have um, I mean, is, is it always a bad thing, do you think? Well, um, if it's handled badly, then it's always a bad thing. But if it's not handled at all, or it, there is no um, uh, conflict happening in the workplace or in the church, then it's a very, very uh, dangerous and poor thing. Yeah. And I, I hinted it in the introduction that some churches are good at smoothing things over because they want to keep keep things quiet, but potentially that could be a... Um, a problem long term yeah um, uh, those of us that are slightly older in the two remember the uh, in the 80s and in the 80s there used to be uh, church splits were very popular um, mainly the, yeah, those that wanted a more charismatic approach to their uh, to their church life would leave more what they would see as traditional churches and and that splits had a, a lasting effect on on the a lot of churches in the land and that effect was that whatever happens, the last thing we want is a split. And splits always start with um, difficult conversations. And, and so if we can avoid those, then we will not split. So I, I think there's a bit of a, a route there. Right, right. So let's um, look at you know, leadership and conflict. Um, how, could, how could you recognise a leader that doesn't handle conflict? 
Yes. Um, often by listening into their conversations, um, you, you become aware of uh, what's called conversation manoeuvres. So when the, the wrong sort of subjects come round, uh, the, the leader is very good at uh, thinking of another thing that needs to be done or maybe switching the conversation to something more safe. Uh, and in, in some cases, uh, suggesting that this particular area would be better covered by an email. Uh, I'm sure you've come across this sort of uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, people, people don't like the face-to-face and the potential of pain, so they, they opt for a different, a different method of communication. Yes, that, that, that's correct. And, and potentially uh, in, in church circuits, it becomes the, the issue that there was never time to talk about in the church meeting. Right, right, yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, would you say it's true that avoiding conflict can actually define our lives to some extent? Oh, very, very much so. I mean, it's, um, if you can imagine the, uh, the simplest uh, situation of uh, the conflict of going for an interview and the conflicts that might happen for many people prevent them going to interviews other than ones they know they will get. Um, so in that situation, uh, conflicts avoidance in relationships where uh, people are suffering under duress of various behaviours, um, but rather than have the conversation, they will just tough it out. Uh, and indeed, really good relationships uh, in church life, um, often people feel that they have to leave a diagonal or an eldership or even a church because they cannot um, uh, countenance having a conversation that might be very painful. In terms of um, the kind of consequence of long term of, of, of failure to handle conflict, um, and let's, let's talk about church life. I mean, it's... I appreciate Christians are in leadership listening from other, other walks, but let's talk about church particularly. What are the consequences of, of, of failure to handle this well? Um, in broad terms, uh, uh, there's a relational disconnect. Um, and as a leader, you, you are seeking to um, establish credibility, establish, um, if you like, some currency in terms of why people would follow you. And by avoiding conflict, it, it allows people to um, build up grievances be, uh, towards the leadership. Um, and it creates a situation where the leaders no longer are hearing from their, um, I was going to say from their flock, but, but from their staff if you're, if you're in a non-church context, because the staff no longer want to have that difficult conversation with you. Um, to some extent, you can, if you, you remember the Cuban, you're a bit too young, but there was a Cuban missile crisis, Andy, and um, in this situation, there was there was a, a room full of people and the president, and it and it was nearly going to be launch missiles to Cuba, uh, and no, invade Cuba, but nobody wanted to say the difficult thing, which is, Mr. President, this might not be a good idea. Right. And so, to, to, if you like, even at the, the, the national level, this still becomes a challenge. Um, and often it's the view that is the most challenging, is the view the leader needs to hear most. And, and the trouble for, for, most, for a lot of us is that we would rather spend an hour with people that we broadly agree with 
than three minutes with someone who takes a different position. Mm-hmm. And yet as a leader, that, that's exactly what we need to be um, embracing. And I guess that, that one of the consequences might be that but the, you know, people, as you, as you hinted, they leave the leadership team or they, they leave the church entirely because they, they can't get past the, the challenge of, of having this disconnect between what they, what they believe should be said and what is actually said. Yeah, um, it, it was some really practical ways in which you can see this in churches. In, in, the, in the church that handles conflicts well, you, as a preacher, you should expect maybe every third sermon somebody to, to write to you or have a conversation about uh, an area that might not have been theologically true. Whereas you can, you can get to a situation where nobody ever criticizes whatever is spoken from the pulpit. And so, as you can imagine, the repercussion of that is is for churches to go um, off beam theologically or doctrinally. And no, there will be people who know but don't feel able to actually communicate that because it would seem to be too difficult. Well, my my favourite um, example of it is um, a while back there was a book called um, Adrian Plass. I don't know if you remember this secret diary of Adrian Plass. Right. Yes, indeed. Um, and and in this, his 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 son, after this lady had had done a um, a, a solo a musical solo in the church, Gerald, his son Gerald, sent turned to him and said, "Dad, who told that woman that she had a ministry?" in singing and can we duff them up and beat them up <laughs> and, and, and so what happens in churches you, you get people who are uh, unable or not capable to do the particular role or they're doing it very badly and because of conflict lack of ability to handle conflicts they are left in situ i mean i know one church where there were pe- the eldership knew that the preacher was no good but the decision was that it would be better if the preacher decided that they were no good now, can you imagine what he actually did to the conversation in the two or three months where the preacher was working out that he actually didn't have a gift in this area? Well, well, you know, large numbers of the congregation left. So, so that, that's a very tangible, you know, there are people walking out of your door and not coming back because you are not able to handle the conflict of telling someone that maybe they're not such a good worship leader or maybe they need to practice. You, you get the idea. It really, it really cuts deeply into every area of church life yeah and it's it's a, it's a sad business and and you know we owe it to, to love people enough to actually uh, say the hard things in in grace and in love um i mean the old saying is if you're if you're asking someone to leave a job because they can't do it you're hoping that they're going to thrive somewhere else and and i guess that would be the case within church life if you're you know if that person's not a preacher either they need help to get better or they need to find a ministry elsewhere. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely correct. One of the the the, the, uh, the most concerning thing about um, conflict avoidance is is that all the responsibility to deal with things is being put on God. You know, if God doesn't want that person to preach, that will happen. If God if God wants the person to step down, I mean, you can imagine how challenging it is that, um, that often when you have paid staff. Uh, that nobody wants to say that so and so isn't suited to the job. Um, so, so there are there are churches in decline because there are wrong people in positions, and nobody can have the difficult conversation with them. There are churches that are going off off beam um, because no one is prepared to say 
those sort of conversations. Yeah. It's it's very very. It's, I mean, it's very very sad. Um, but there's also a, a hidden cost from the people who don't um, who don't leave in the church. Um, you know, if if you can't have the conversation, you will slowly build up grievances about the church. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So if you can imagine, in, if you've been in a church 20 years, there may be many conversations that you should have had but didn't. And in your heart, you're building up grievances. So, so not only is it affecting the church, but it's also affecting individuals and their relationship with the Lord. Because it's, you know, we can't have all these, if you, you know, if you don't forgive your others, then the Lord won't forgive you type thing. Yeah, it's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it really is is it's not just to the structure of the church, but it's also to the to the spiritual life of the individuals within the church. Well, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Phil Carter, a trainer and mentor in the workplace. We're looking at handling conflict, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Phil Carter. Phil is a trainer and mentor in the workplace and in church groups who's trained in many countries in the world and says in his work, uh, this topic is uh, the second most requested of any uh, that he looks at. And so we're looking at handling conflict and uh, the importance of that as Christians in leadership, whether in the church, the charity, and the business or in the family. Um, so... Phil, it's been said that millennials particularly struggle with with the concept of of, of conflict. Um, would that be uh, something you uh, feel was correct? Oh, very much so. And, and the first thing they struggle with is actually the non millennials, who for whom they're looking for authenticity, and they can see people who are holding it back, and they can see people who are disengaged. The the, the millennials are very. Um, if you like, they've got a, a radar tune for authenticity, and and those of us that are avoiding conflict, it is not authentic. It's not authentic Christian life. So if you like, there's that problem for millennials, but also the the um, millennials of, of growing up in an environment where uh, to cause anyone distress is is almost the the ultimate sin. Um, you know, it's that uh, everyone should should allow everyone to continue as they are. Uh, and, the, and the sad thing for that, if you can imagine, if, if all the doctors in this land allowed everyone to continue um, as they are, then I think our actual mortality rate would go down, so it would, so it would go up, so we'd find that there was a lot less older people. So, so in real terms, the, the, the very concept of discipleship for millennials is very hard because because to have somebody tell you you're wrong, and, and it, if you like, is the, it, it touches a raw nerve. Right. Um, and, and so I would, I would definitely say that it, it, it needs to be um, approached, as you would say, with, with grace, but it certainly needs to be approached if we are going to have a next generation who will become... Um, I was going to say fit for purpose, but you know what I mean, uh, able to do the next whatever God wants them to do. Right, sure. And I appreciate uh, if you're listening and you don't know what millennial is, it, roughly people in their 20s is what we're talking about, isn't it? Um, the different categories, uh, different people um, define it in different ways, but it's roughly in people 20s, early 30s. That's correct. Good. Um, so some folk listening are, are in pastoral roles. And, um, you know, it's been said that the, the one of the issues around conflict is that people 
people go into pastoral ministry because of their love for people, their concern for people, and they don't they don't want to do the hard thing of confronting and confl- and dealing with conflict, uh, because perhaps leadership is not as high on their gift list as as pastoring, uh, and that's therefore one of the problems within church life. It is to do with the type of person who ends up becoming a pastor. Have you got any thoughts on, on whether that's accurate or not and, and what we might do about it if it is? Uh, yeah, that's, that's very helpful. Well, there's, there's, if you like, there's two sorts of people that become pastors. There's, there's people that become pastors, if you like, from the ground up. Um, so if you like, they've been a house group leader and they've shown pastoral care and they, if you like, they might become an elder. And then there's people that are, bust, when I say bust in, you know, they've been to college, they've done their courses and they've come, they've, they've arrived at the church. Now, now, so if we look at both those situations, so the, the people who have been bust in from Bible college to churches, um, they, they have had four years of, of doing very little relational stuff. They've had four years um, of, of, of doing essays and theology, um, quite cerebral, Quite um, and important. So, so when they arrive uh, arrive at a church, they are ill-equipped by the Bible colleges to, to to be able to do anything in this sort of arena. And and the trouble is that when you come into a new situation, if you're not good at something, you tend to either ship it out to someone else um, or avoid it and pretend it doesn't matter. Whereas, what I would encourage anyone, if you if you're listening and you've you know you've been to a Bible college. Um, is to actually find find some good folk in the church who are very good at it, and get them to mentor you. You, you know that that sort of humility to come to a church and say this is an area where I'm I'm but a learner would do a lot of people um, very, very much um, good. But now that going back to the other sort uh, I mentioned, Andy, the ones that sort of come from the ground up. So often people are, uh, are said to be pastors often are actually just people pleasers, the, the sort of people that people like. Um, and, that, and hence they often work in that sort of arena. And the trouble with people pleasing as a behavior it is it is the opposite of dealing with things. Um, so if, if you like the, um, uh, the, the role of the, the, the shepherd, if we do the pastor as a shepherd, part of the role of the shepherd is to, is to save the, the sheep from the wolves if you take the analogy. Um, and, and you're not going to sh- save anyone from wolves if you're not going to have a conversation with the wolf, if, if that makes sense. There's a, there's a real need to have that edge to, to fulfill the, the, the biblical um, objective of being a shepherd to the flock. Absolutely. And um, if, if you're in that kind of role, you're, you're urging people to say, look, if you, if you know that you've got people-pleasing tendencies or you're... You know, you have a, a feeling of a struggle to care for people that actually, you know, probably within the body of believers that you're leading, there will be people who can help you. Yes, I, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I've, uh, I have a tendency towards people pleasing. And what I would say about people pleasing is that at one level, it seems very, very selfless. You know, you're doing things for other people. But at a deeper level, you are, you, you've just identified that if you do things for people, they will be grateful and it will make you feel good. So, so actually, um, I'm not saying everyone's like that, but there is an ele- element of, of that. And indeed, there's often an element of people pleasing is, is the natural result, if you like, it, it's the chicken and egg. Do you become a people pleaser because you avoid conflict? 
or do you avoid conflict because you're a people pleaser? It's quite hard to, uh, you know, to, to you know, put your finger on it. One area of, uh, of conflict we haven't considered, which we uh, appreciate would could be a long conversation, and that is is the conflict within ourselves that sometimes exists. Um, you know, our problem is that that we're un, unclear about a direction or, or, or where we should be heading. Any, any thoughts on, on how we might start to handle that? Yeah, this, 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 is a, um, this is such an important area. And as you rightly said, we could, we, we could talk for a whole session on it. Um, to, but just to give you a, a, little, a little, little story um, that, that highlights this was um, um, I, I was at a, a church and I, I'd been a church meeting and it, it, it had become challenging and, and I went back home and at the time I was staying with this lovely Christian um, ex-missionary really uh, really lovely chap and, and he said Phil you were very unfair this evening and I, what do you mean I was unfair he said you were very unfair and he, he said what did you want and I said well I, I wanted them to tell me a truth the truth and, and he said well that's very unfair isn't it and I, I was so frustrated I thought, well, what do you mean it's unfair and then he said and I will remember this forever he said how can you expect them to tell you the truth if they haven't told themselves the truth yet and, and you see what what goes on in, in some ways the difficult conversations are are geared around there are elements in our, our minds and our hearts that are true but we do not want to go there. We do not want to go there. Uh, so, so for instance, that that, that could be a, a, a truth that I am, you know, I, I am insecure, or, or it could be a truth that actually uh, I'm not that competent at something, or it could be I'm not very loving. If you like, there's these these areas, and, and we don't go there and engage with them. So, so for instance, it, it would be. Uh, the idea of, if you like, spring cleaning um, our hearts and minds. You know, if you like, pouring our hearts toward, to out to the Lord, but actually also writing down what are the areas that maybe we do need to dig in a bit deeper. And you see, the trouble with those, if we don't have those conversations with ourselves, if somebody else comes along and starts asking questions about the area that we know is there but we've not dealt with, we become very, very um, hot button, if you know what I mean. It becomes such a hot button. You see, it's one one thing if someone comes up and maybe they say, oh, actually, Phil, you're you're not very, um, you're not much of a prophet. And I, I sort of think, oh, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe, uh, But it's not a, a real area in my heart. But if you, if you come and, and, you, and you talk, yeah, yeah Phil, you, you know, uh, you know, you're just so cynical, and, and maybe cynicism is something that I haven't dealt with. And then I'm really, I'm, I really find myself wanting to either get angry, to win, to be right, or I want to close up and move away. And, and that's why this sort of these internal conversations, and, and to have an internal conversation with yourself, you need to be kind to yourself. There's, there's also, if you like, you can understand that it's a quite a, a complex. But such a powerful skill, uh, and if you like, um, discipline, for want of a better word, um, that, that some some of the great saints would be doing naturally in their in their time of seeking God. But it's strange now we have to, or I have to go around and show people stuff that the the, the older saints used to do naturally. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Phil, t- time's uh, sadly defeated us, but. Um, uh, d- 
I was going to ask you whether books help in this kind of area. Um, that's often a question I ask at the end of a show. Um, that's uh, now I've, I was I thought knowing that you do love books, Andy, I did think that would come up. And and there are there are books that have absolutely wonderful um, insights. Um, however, this requires so much um, reflection, so much. You're, you're, you're practicing something with another person, so you'll need a mentor. You need you, you need someone to to journey with you in this. And and it, as hopefully some of it has just touched on certainly the last question. Some of this is really really challenging. It, I mean, it's so wonderfully worth it that you do need someone to go with you. Um, but if you know if you go on Amazon and you look at anything about conversations, it, 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 there's going to be some good stuff in there. But really, you want to have someone, someone who is prepared to say the hard things to you, just yeah, not a people pleaser, journey with you in this time. Uh, and then my prayer is for, for myself and for you and for the listeners uh, is that we will start to see a new freedom for ourselves and for others, and we will start to see relationships deepen and strengthen like we haven't seen maybe for many a year. Well, thank you, Phil. We're uh, out of time, as I say, but uh, thank you so much for all that you've shared. Uh, you've been listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Phil Carter. He's a mentor and trainer looking at handling conflict. You can listen to the archive version of Leadership File. Uh, you can email me, apeck at cwi.org.uk, and I can pass on any messages to Phil if you're interested particularly in him coming and doing some work in your church or uh, business. I look forward to your company again next week via podcast or on radio at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 